Welcome to episode 87 of My Circus, My Monkeys. It's still spring cleaning time. We often equate that with throwing out things we don't need or want anymore. Why? Because it gives us more broom, both for growth, but also just breathing room. Today, we're going to apply that concept to our systems. If your systems have too many steps or frustration points for the folks involved, you're wasting time and energy. Not to mention, it feels cluttered and overwhelming. So stay tuned and find out how to declutter and revamp your systems with our third spring cleaning challenge. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So we've talked about systems in other episodes, but in a nutshell, a system is just a set of things working together as a part of a mechanism or interconnecting network. Yes, I looked that up. But for you personally, that's often a set of habits that come together for some purpose. Let's go with the most stereotypical example of a habit, brushing your teeth. That's just one part of a larger system of oral hygiene, getting ready for bed, or maybe getting ready for the day. With all systems, you're doing this group of things for a reason, even if you don't remember what that reason is. So with brushing your teeth before bed, there may be an element of, my mom made me do it when I was little, so now it's just what I do. Or from an oral hygiene perspective, I went to the dentist and he said brushing isn't enough, so now I floss too. As with many of the topics we discuss, Using our talents productively, assessing your habits, assessing your stories. The power of each of those things is intensified the more it is aligned with your goals or objectives. Let's go back to your bedtime routine or system. Part of that is brushing your teeth, but there are other elements as well, right? Like washing your face, reading a book, or drinking some relaxing non-caffeinated tea. The goal is to prepare yourself for bed in a way that preps you for a good night's sleep. When the things you do achieve that goal, you have an effective system. But let's say your bedtime routine often includes things like binge watching Netflix until 2 a.m., scrolling through Facebook until bedtime, or drinking loads of caffeinated beverages. Those are things you do before bed, but they actually work against your goal of having a good night's sleep. I mean, don't get me wrong, if you're exhausted at 2 a.m., you'll fall asleep, but it might not be very restful or long enough to refresh you for the next day. If you were spring cleaning that system, you'd ask, of the things I do before bed, which are the most impactful in helping me achieve my goal of getting a good night's sleep? Answer, face washing, teeth brushing, book reading, tea drinking. Then you'd ask, of the things I do before bed, which ones are getting in the way of achieving my goal? Answer, staying up until 2 a.m., 
whether it's with Netflix or even reading, drinking caffeine, scrolling on your phone, etc. If you want an effective system, and by effective, I mean achieving your goals with the least amount of energy necessary, you want to keep things from the first group and reduce, if not eliminate, the second group. And if you don't have enough in the first group to make the impact that you need, you add more of those things in. Now, when I was rereading this draft, I realized it was definitely from the standpoint of a single person without kids. There may be some elements of your bedtime routine that are not ideal, but nor can you simply eliminate the problem. Since you can't just put your kids in a hibernation pod at a certain time each night, their bedtime routine may actively interfere with your ideal routine. In those cases, you need to take a step back and see if there's anything that can be done to improve the external systems involved or the other systems involved. But if there isn't, at least not for the immediate future, you just need to do your best to clean up the affected systems, the things that you can control, so those external factors, aka children in this case, have the least impact possible. But also, maybe invest in this hibernation pot idea. Now, let's apply that to work. Although I should point out that the sleep you get absolutely impacts your work. So at work, you have tons of systems that impact your productivity, your departments, your teams, and your students' success. They can range from your internal system for dealing with emails to the policies and procedures, both formal and informal, of your department. That's a pretty big range, so let me give you some more concrete examples. As far as internal processes go, here's some that pretty much everybody has. How you communicate with team members. How you organize and run meetings. How you manage your team's performance. How you approach and finish product projects. And how you manage stress. As for policies and procedures, those are going to vary based on your department's But here are a few general examples. How students do blank. For example, register for classes, get an appointment, appeal a grade, etc. How your team requests days off or flex time. How your team organizes events or programs. How you and your team approach problem solving. All of these examples could have many or just a few moving parts. There's no right or wrong number of steps or phases. Right or wrong is purely determined by how effectively it achieves your goals. For example, let's take the way you communicate with your team members. Maybe you're super busy, so it mainly consists of emails about specific issues, occasional team meetings, and on-the-fly meetings slash drop-ins where you or they have questions. If everyone is achieving all of their and your department's goals with that system, huzzah! No tweaking necessary. However, I'm going to say that is probably not the case with most of the communication points being so reactive. Now, the challenge for this week is to pick a system, either one of your internal systems or a formal or informal departmental procedure, and clean it up. How do you do that? We've talked about it in other episodes, but let's walk through the communication with your team example. Why? Because I'm guessing 99% of you don't really have an effective system. How do you go about cleaning up the system? Remember, the point of all of this 
is to use you and your team's energy as effectively as possible to achieve your goals and objectives. So let's start with a few questions. What goals do we want to achieve in communicating with our team? Two, what parts of the current system contribute to this? AKA, what's going well? Three, what parts of the system get in the way of this? AKA, what are the frustration points for everyone involved? You, employees, students, etc. Four, what do I need to add or get rid of? I'd say for the most part, communication between you and your team has the goal of making sure everyone is on the same page about what's going on, what needs to happen, specifically, what each member needs to do, and finally, where the department and the institution is headed. There may be some more nuanced goals, but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. So if your system consists of emails about specific issues, occasional team meetings, and on-the-fly meetings slash drop-ins, when you or they have questions, do those get you where you want to be? I'd say there's some helpful components there. Emails can be helpful for quick updates or to get things in writing so neither party forgets what was decided. Team meetings can be helpful when you need to discuss topics or get the same information to all of your team. However, meetings themselves comprise an entire system as well. So how effectively you're running those meetings is going to impact the communication that happens there. Okay, so I just unintentionally added another layer there. Just like with those pesky kids that won't go to bed and thus interrupt your bedtime routine. What I don't want to do is overcomplicate things. As with all my challenges, you can and should absolutely start small. Making slow, steady progress is really the way we accomplish lasting change. In this example, if you discover other systems lurking within the system that you want to clean up, just make a note of it, but don't let it throw you off track. What you're really looking for is one or two tweaks that you can make to improve the overall system. After those get fully integrated, you can go deeper and clean up other parts of the system. But remember, your brain hates change, so it will absolutely try and talk you out of doing anything at all because it's, quote, too much work or there's no point if I can't fix it all. So let's get back to assessing this communication business. Let's just assume your meeting skills are top notch. So let's jump into the on the fly slash drop in meetings for questions, check-ins, etc. These often accompany an open door policy. Can you and your members get helpful information this way? Sure, but how disruptive is it? If you're working on a project and someone comes and interrupts you to ask a question or give you an update on something, what happens? You have to stop what you're doing, refocus on that person and the topic. If there was something related to this issue, that you needed to bring up, you also have to remember in the moment what that was. And that can be challenging if you're super busy or just focused on something else. Then depending on how long this takes, you either have to just go to your next meeting and not get that task done. Or if you do have time left, you have to refocus. And neuroscientists have found that it takes between 20 to 30 minutes to truly refocus your attention. And of course, The same thing is happening to the other person involved, whether they're the one approaching you or if you've dropped by on them. Both of you have stopped what you're working on, 
had a conversation that at least one of you wasn't properly prepared for, then both of you have to go back and refocus on whatever it was you were originally working on. Between the two of you, that's a lot of wasted energy. Sure, there are absolutely true emergencies where folks need to jump into action and resolve situations quickly, but that's really only a small percentage of our interruptions on a daily basis. But if you don't have regularly scheduled meetings with your people set up, they may feel like that's their only option. And the same goes for you. To be an effective supervisor, you need to talk to your folks on a regular basis. If you're not setting those meetings up ahead of time, you're both being sucked into constant time and energy wasting with these pop-in meetings. Now, that was a super quick assessment based on those early questions. There are some things that were working, so absolutely keep those. But there were also some frustration points, like being interrupted all the time. One way to resolve that issue is by scheduling regular meetings with your individual team members so they know they'll have time set aside that they can discuss any of these issues or questions that they have. But it also involves retraining you and your team to hold those questions or issues for those meeting times. This may mean setting certain criteria for what constitutes an emergency. It may also mean reminding your folks and even yourself that when someone comes in, we're not doing it this way. Let's save it for our meeting. But that's to be expected because everyone's used to doing things that way. But with some patience and commitment, you can change and improve your system for everyone. So as I mentioned earlier, your spring cleaning challenge is to choose one of your systems and get rid of what's not working and add in things that will make it work more effectively. Depending on what the situation is, you may be able to just get rid of things and not add anything new. But just like with the example before, you might also have to replace X with Y to make sure you're accomplishing your goals. And just to make it easier on you, I'd suggest starting with a system that has a pretty obvious flaw or one that's working fairly well so you're just polishing the apple. Is polishing the apple even a phrase? (laughs) What I mean is, If there's a system that has a lot of frustration points, then doing this exercise may feel overwhelming. But if you pick something that's working pretty well already, then you're just making minor tweaks that will save you time and energy. That means making the change won't be too challenging for you and your team. And if you can get a few easy wins under your belt, that will encourage you to do this with other more challenging systems. So good luck with your spring cleaning challenge number three. And until next time, Stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkeys. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer 
to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.